My name is Brock, and this is the Dungeon Master's Toolkit Podcast. On today's episode, I talk with Owen, and we develop another shrine for the Shrines and Standing Stones project. This one is called the Black Legion's Last Stand. It uh, We'll get into it, but it's a... Uh, kind of an old military encampment with some with some interesting twists. It leans a little bit more into the role-playing aspect than the mechanical aspect, uh, so I think it should be fun. Also to note, Owen has released uh, his own TTRPG called Splintered Moon, a post-apocalyptic fantasy for Powered by the Apocalypse. So if you're interested, you can find the link to that in the description and check it out. At the end of the episode, I will read the write-up that we did for this shrine. And if you would like to get a text version of the write-up, go ahead and join the Patreon and you will have access to all of the Shrines and Standing Stone text write-ups. If you would like to hear more from Owen, he has appeared on episode 71 and 75, so there's plenty of content out there to listen to. And with that, I hope you enjoy the episode. So, give me, so you can give me a roll, doesn't matter what dice, just give me even or odd. Even or odd, coming up. That would be odd, Bob. Odd, okay. And then give me a d12 roll. D12, my favorite. That would be a two. So this is some type of earthworks. Earthworks. Um, and then let's do. I need to get to my other table. Earthworks. Hmm. Yeah. So you can start thinking about type of earthworks, and then details. I'll give me another D twelve. D twelve. Twelve. So aspect. Oh, and that's roll twice. Roll twice. Okay. So one and means nine. Ooh, interesting. So this is aspects. So one is power and strength, and the nine is hate or envy Hmm. as our aspects of these earthworks. Hate or envy. Hmm. Power and strength, hate and envy. Okay. Um, And if you want more to go off of, we can... I can pick some other things that we can roll on. Sure. Is there anything coming to mind immediately? Yes. Maybe one more just to see if anything gels. Do you want like an oddity or maybe ruination? Oh, ruination. Okay. Ruination. Okay, do another D12. D12. Already rolled a two. Eleven. Depleted resources. Depleted resources. Depleted resources. Okay. So off the top of my head. Are you familiar with the lore behind Warhammer Fantasy or Warhammer 40K? I am not. Okay. One the there's four big chaos gods, and they are the biggest of the big bads. One of them is Khorn, K-H-O-R-N-E. He is the blood god, he is the skull god, he is the he's basically Ares ramped up to eleven and snapped the knob off. So all of his followers are like berserkers and and warriors and 
no quarter given and slaughter all the innocents and you know build a build a big mound of skulls in in honor of his name so that ties into the power and the strength as well as the hate and the envy it's not this is not an athena war god this is not you know fight smarter not harder this is weighed in with an axe and kill or die all to the glory of the blood god and so and you're really really supposed to hate your enemy i mean like hate them like everyone else is anathema to the blood god you know because they want to live in peace and they want to do nice things and healing no 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 we're gonna we're gonna conquest and and hate and of course the envy is in there too because if you want to take over all the goodness and ruin it that's 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 in there too so i'm thinking earthworks earthworks and this is like a shrine thing right shrine not necessarily my kind of working title for the project is shrines and standing stones but shrines altars standing perfect. stones perfect whatever. perfect just, perfect okay just kind of the weird ancient things so, you know so in roman times the romans were great about showing up someplace with their legion and instantly building a camp Okay. Yep. They'd knock together, they'd carry in the, the things and they'd make the stakes and they'd have the camp and it was all perfectly set up. So my thought on this is this place was originally like a Chaos Legion's temporary camp. Okay. So they did like rammed earth, you know, they were out there with boards and, and sledges tamping the earth down into something really strong. And it's got the old, it's got the old wooden palisade that's rotting now, but still, you know, still could probably stop a, a fairly, fairly stiff offense. So if you imagine kind of a, a cross between a, a, a legionary camp and a shrine to blood and death, they put up a somebody has put up like a stone archway into the camp that used to have gates and doesn't they've ruined and rotted away but most things avoid this most of the, the all of the wildlife around here avoids it this was out it's probably not close to any major settlements at this point and again the local villagers and stuff are a little a little weird about this place but it was set up to be really, really defensible so it doesn't fall down easy because it's earthworks. People aren't showing up and stealing the stones. The big gate standing stones, the lintels, are carved, are carved with all these horrific battle scenes, you know, blood and gore and pulling people's spines out of their backs by their, their face and just, uh, you know, all the majesty of the blood god doesn't have to be doesn't have to be 40k it can be any generic like berserker god or 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 you know berserk god of battle but and then over after the legion was defeated we hope after the legion was defeated like the local the local blood god cultists would like sneak in here and like make improvements and like worship at the at the the altar that's set up there's like a main line, like a beeline from the gate to the middle of the encampment. Again, if you go in there and look around, you feel you'll find like broken belt buckles and old leather straps and sign them camp places where campfires were. And, the, you know, they buried the latrines because, of course, that's good discipline. So all of the all of the hallmarks of a lived in military camp 
plus a huge, huge overlay of fanatical, blood-soaked cultist activity. The ruination, the, the depleted resources is there's an inscription on the on the gates that apparently has been added added since since the camp was abandoned and retaken over by the local cultists. Basically, it's a magical ward against like against like beneficial healing. So if anybody walks through this this lintel, anybody walks through this massive you know edifice that still bears blood stains from the last sacrifice. All of your healing potions turn to colored liquid. All of your get off my keyboard. I've got a cat. All of your any any kind of clerical spells that do healing don't work in the environs of the of the camp, unless of course they're dedicated to one of the other associated chaos gods, which of course none of the party would be. And and even if they do work, even if you do figure it out, all of the healing rituals are extremely painful. You you know you get your hit points back or your arm resets, but you're like screaming in agony the whole time. So it kills all your it kills all your healing provisions, even things like bandages, bandages and poultices and medical kits. They just blow to dust or rot. And it, so that's going to be the depleted resource. Anybody who walks in is going to lose. Oh, oh, oh. and then the other healer types, they, they find they can't cast healing spells until they do some sort of cleansing ritual. And they might have to take some time to find out why aren't my healing spells working. And everything else works great, but just not the healing spells. So we, do we want... So the way that I've kind of set this up... So if you think of a... like. Essentially, the book will be like a random table, right? Where you could, as a game master, you could grab the book and you say, I need something weird, open up to a random page. Right. And then on the left side, I got my description, which is kind of what we just talked about. And then on the right side was kind of the how the player can interact with it. So like on some of them, I have, you know, different mechanical roles that they can make to interact with it. Some of the ones we've done were more so like kind of quest related or our narrative in nature what do you think that kind of right side of the page would be okay how um, do the players interact with this thing okay well first question is there like a map map section no this is all okay. mostly descript okay. descriptive based i guess gotcha okay so on the left side you've got this is what it was this is what it is this is what it looks like here's the rough dimensions here's the obvious stuff as far as interactions with the space, anybody who does like detect magic or any kind of divination about the place is going to notice, again, the entryway is heavily charged with that sort of magical trap slash trick. Let's see. There's probably an altar back there someplace. It's real simple, knocked together with like basalt. You know, it just looks grim and brooding. So, like, on a magical level, they could tell that something's going to happen if you walk through the archway. Again, the thing about destroying healing things. Maybe there's a benefit if they pray at the altar. I mean, it requires a blood sacrifice of some some sort. And depending on how strong a sacrifice they do, the more the benefit is. But it's going to have, for every benefit they get, they're going to have a negative. 
so if they like oh we get a rabbit we sacrifice it here okay you get a plus one to like the next three or four combat rolls but you have a a chance of like going berserk at, at a, an opportune time and again both of those percentages the benefit and the and the drawback goes up measurably the the stronger the sacrifice is you could have a an adventure hook in that let's see there's the MacGuffin. oh 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 maybe they've been hired to destroy it maybe they, they there's this you know this chaotic horrible blood god thing here and you've got to find a way to completely destroy it and that would be like a three-parter the altar isn't really the focus you you do have to destroy the altar so there isn't the worship spot but you do have to you do have to take down the the gate too that's the important one okay um, and and it's defended if they start trying to take it down and, and it's got it's it's you can set it up so it's got to be an overkill they've got to take it out instantly they've got to destroy it to rubble in a heartbeat or the 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 gateway opens up and starts spitting out like blood demons you know all the all the the rage and the blood and the horror that was been here for generations generates these blood demons that will attack the party and destroy them in the name of the blood god so there could be a quest for that if you want a macguffin the macguffin is like buried under the altar but you've got to you got to destroy the altar first or because it's got magical defenses not as not as, oh maybe that could be the foreshadowing you know if you destroy the altar and it takes a little while and a blood demon pops up and you have to deal with that and then you get the MacGuffin and take it back what else let me know what you think about this because i so i like the idea of potentially kind of kind of going two ways right they could go here and they could do a sacrifice and get some sort of a bonus mm -hmm. and then they could like keep coming back for that so the what i was thinking when you were talking about like going berserk and stuff maybe they based on their sacrifice maybe they get like so many uses of like extra damage that they can do sure. maybe in the form of extra dice or something but then there's that chance that whenever they use that then they you know you roll another dice or something and you go berserk for a minute or something right right and that could be part of like if you've got a fumble mechanic i try to make things as system agnostic as i can so it's just a yes. good idea that can be applied so if there's a fumble mechanic if you make a fumble maybe it's not you miss maybe it's you go away for a while with blood in your eye and you come back and your party's got weapons pointed at you because you keep hitting people you could also throw in another aspect of adaptive if you sacrifice a boule for example since their big thing is armor class one of the boons that you can pick is you know you're temporarily impervious to damage from mundane weapons for a period of time or sure you get you know you get the boule you sacrifice a medusa and the medusa appears on your shield and you can do a petrifying attack once so yeah and i and i and i like the path of path of ruination there because once they start and they go oh hey we can do all this cool stuff they're dragging themselves into the the chaos and the and 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 could be could be going toward the bad route if they do like a real bloody bloody sacrifice maybe the wizard or the cleric or whoever can summon one of these blood demons to attack 
So yeah, the 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 adaptive nature of the of the of the altar would be fantastic. And again, make it real easy for them to make some real poor choices. <laughs> so so they're causing themselves problems, you know, down the way. So oh, the other thing. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, I was just thinking in the Rollmaster there was a character class that could bind demons to your skin as armor and the armor would give you benefits but also drawbacks that could be like a temporary or oh and you could be sucking down curses too you know you do you do like four sacrifices and now anybody who's done that is going to be have, have like minor curses on them that they have to get rid of and of course they've alienated the local groups so none of the good none of the good guy priests are going to want to do it that should be fun so the other thing I was thinking with the like destroying the altar, maybe it's not because like destroying an entire earthworks thing may be very difficult, but maybe maybe it's almost like a a bomb essentially, in that if they destroy the altar, then these blood demons start pouring out for you know a certain duration, and once all of the kind of magic is spent on those blood demons, then the whole thing just kind of like collapses. Yeah, yeah. And and you could get creative about it. Like if you've got the druid who's like, this is all about like blood and decay and destruction. What if I cast a bunch of like, what if I just went around with a bunch of wildflowers and wildflower seeds and just was plant growthing the hell out of this, you know, digging into the earthworks and breaking apart the dirt and, you know, do a summoning of earthworms to just destroy all this stuff. If if they if they subvert it, if they go 180 degrees off of the intent and just hammer it and hammer it and hammer it with with all the goodness and light and growth and harmony that they can, then that would do it too without all the nastiness. Yeah. Yep. So if they're again, if they're if they're thinking smarter and thinking creatively, reward that. And, uh, you know, and I can see the party now. It's like, we're going to, we're going to have like a marriage ceremony here. <laughs> you know, we're going to bless this is, you know, bless this place with marriage and life and bring the baby in and, you know, do a little this and that. I don't know. They could, you could go a lot of different ways with that. But yeah, if, if they come up with an idea to completely subvert that, that should be a lot less problematic than just using if yeah if they use violence to solve the problem then it's going to respond violently right problematically but if they if they come at it you know we'll get a bunch of ants over here and they'll just you know set up a forest and we'll just grow it out of existence in, in a couple of minutes yeah that would that would work i like that idea so so both the if they if they violent it out it's going to violent back but if they like love it out and grow it out and piece it out and harmony it out then it, it doesn't have anything to work with right so i have they have the altar which they can perform sacrifices to get some benefit at some cost and then we've got the they destroy the altar or otherwise use violence to attempt to destroy the place then it goes through a period of like releasing blood demons that attack and then once they're dealt with then everything collapses and then the last option is using love or nature or in some aspect to neutralize it without releasing all of the chaos, essentially. Right, right. Like if they if if they if they heal the site, you know, if they're casting like curative spells on the on the archway and 
and oh and and have like some visual effects on that you know you you cast the spell and the one little fight scene where the two guys are stabbing each other now they're like brothers you know embracing each other and you know all the scenes start changing give give them give them little hints that they can do that positively as opposed to destructively i like that that's sounds like a very interesting place to encounter and i like that we have a lot of different ways to interact with the location as well. Do we want to mention anything about the potentially local cultists that are there? Or do we want to just leave them out and assume that they're just kind of not around? Well, I'll answer your question. There is a, in Pyramid Magazine, they had a thing called Adventure Pizza. Okay. And Adventure Pizza was a setup for something that the party can run into. I wrote one of these where the party's coming along and they hear some problems and they go running up the road and there's a man on a horse and there's a broken wagon and there's dogs running around. And if they attack, that's a problem. If they're like, hey, what's going on? The big guy on the horse is a local baron and he's helping out these poor merchants whose wagon has broke and his dogs are running around because his dogs are excited. And so if the party helps out, they get the wagon fixed and the merchant's very happy and they go to town and the town's called Baronsford or Baron's Bridge. It used to be a ford, now it's a bridge and he's the local baron. He's like, oh, I'm very pleased with you. Come on, help me out. But they notice things like he lifts one corner of this wagon like it's nothing. And, you know, hey, could you stick that wheel on there? Chunk. And so they go to the local tavern, the only tavern, and the one barmaid is moping around and she's got bruises on her neck. And all indications are that the Baron is actually a vampire. Okay. So when in Adventure Pizza, you set out the recipe and then you do like different variations. So the one is the Baron is not a vampire. He's got a ring of giant strength and he's got, you know, and the girl is in love with him, but she's not, he's like, I'm not, no, I'm, I'm, my heart belongs to another. So she's like trying to set him up so that some do-gooders will come in and take out the Baron. The second one is he is actually a vampire. He got changed, but he's very strong-willed. He's a, he's a paladin. He's very strong-willed. And his party killed his master vampire and released him. And so he's been devoting his entire life to not being a vampire. But he's on his homelands. He's, he's from here. So he's walking on his native earth. So crossing river, crossing water does not bother him. He can walk around in sunlight because he's on his native earth. And one of the complications there is he's like changed his dogs into ghouls. So they drink his blood and get strength, but he's not really doing anything bad. He just, you know, oh, else I'll, I'll do my detect, you know, undead. Oh, he's obviously undead. Shit. We got to destroy him. But he's like the good guy. And then the third option is the waitress is actually the vampire and the former or the paladin baron has been, you know, resisting her wiles. <laughs> And so she wants the party to beat up on the Baron enough so he's too weak to resist her. Okay, so it's set up that could apply to any of those three and then like three interesting ways to take it. So if the first way is destroy the place, if the second way is use the place for ill, the third, the third variant, you know, the one with pineapple on it, is there are actually cultists who have been using it for ill 
and they all can magically buff up before any big bad boss fight. So they're all berserk and doing extra damage. You know, the the little the little you know the local farm boy who's now can like you know throw a wagon at you and things like that. So I I think I think the potential for like local cultists who are who are gaining power and and trying to take over some stuff. I think that's a I think that's an interesting and that could be like a three liner. Or you can have the cultists and they do this and they can use the same powers listed above to buff up their their combat abilities and try and hack your head off and make a pile of make a pile of skulls. What do you think? I like the idea of that as a as a little caveat or a potential GM thing that they can throw in depending on what fits. I could see like local the local like livestock ranch kids right are like sacrificing random animals to gain power right just a little farm to farm kids right right yeah. <laughs> it's just a very unexpected group of people who you know maybe they don't even realize that they're not necessarily like cultists but they're they've found out that they can gain power by sacrificing some of their animals at this place right so yeah. just kind of this weird like oh the farm kids are always like super nice and whatever and blah 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 and here it turns out that they're you know sacrificing goats yeah. you know at this so blood demon blood god place yeah and it's and it's oh that would be perfect if they were a bunch of like teens and preteens with the added complication that you can't just like hack them to bits because the locals will be like hey that's my kid so you got to get them away oh i love that that's wonderful because of course, you know, teenagers are great at doing stupid things. <laughs> Seemed like a good idea at the time. Yeah, we know. Yeah. No, that's 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 fantastic. yeah, accidental cultists. That's even better. That's even better. Like, we just did it to help out with the hay baling. You know, I hate carrying those things, and now I can carry three of them. And it's like, yeah, okay, don't do that anymore, please. Well, you know, I did bite my sisters on the ear. You know, I thought that was a little weird, but you know, I got, <laughs> got the hay in, you know, and, and it's, it's like, you know, win win, you know. She didn't need that ear, you know. That would be, <laughs> yeah, that would be, yeah, you know, and, and, and especially if like the ringleader is like, oh, yeah, tie him into like the local village and the ringleader of the little crew. Again, they're not bad kids, they're just highly unwise. And so, like, the, the big bad is, like, this, you know, 15-year-old, and he's, like, the son of the blacksmith, but he's, like, as big around as your wrist and, like, no muscle tone, you know? And he's, I want to be big like that. I want to be able to swing a hammer like that. That'd be kind of cool. And now, you know, and, and, and they, they show up just as, like, well, we were going to butcher the bull anyway, right? And it only the, the, the and it makes it easier because the the blood just sucks right into that altar. It's really kind of cool, right? <laughs> and so he's just sacrificed the bull. It's a utility and, thing, exactly, exactly. And it works. You know, we don't have to deal with this and you know that. And it makes it makes that butcher in just a snap, you know. But they show up just as like the sixteen year old who weighs ninety pounds kills the bull, and now he's like, you know, throwing boulders and you know swinging a two handed sword. Oh, you know, with, you know, a loose grip one-handed and you're like, oh, <laughs> crap. And we can't even kill him. You know, he's going to waste us and we can't even like stop him. So yeah, that would be, that would be, especially when they charge in through the gate and now all their healing stuff doesn't work. And it's like, oh no. Yeah, that would be a hell of a lot of fun. I like that a lot. So local ranch kids slash like butcher, butcher family or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
yeah that's definitely it would make a situation that would normally be a you know we're going to solve this with combat into a much more delicate situation exactly exactly and again you could have fun with it because it's just like you know anything if they if they're knocking back the opposition and they get to the altar again and the kid you know hits the goat in the head with the hammer and now sprouts horns and charges you (laughs) knocks you back oh no so it's like they keep changing on us this is this is bad news no i like that a lot let's see what are we going to call that we're going to call that let's see let's see how about like the black legions let's see the black legions let's see black legions altar black legions shrine black legions fort i mean it's not how about more than how about the the black legions last stand this is where they all die. Oh, 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 even better. Yes. They all, they, the, the good guys all got together and, and attacked this like camp, encampment when they weren't ready. And so, and they killed all the, the, the big bads. They killed all the, the chaos legion, but all of their spirits are inhabiting like the altar and the, the gateway. Yeah. That would be, yeah. that would be a very unpleasant experience to let those guys loose again. Oh, that would be funsies. Yeah, so the Black Legion's last stand, we can call it that, that, if that, if that works for you. Yeah, that is perfect. I love it. Hee-hee. Cool. Well, that was fun. I like that a lot. Hey, what charts are you using for the, like, the aspects and the, and the... Yeah, so this is Perilous Wilds, which is for oh. Dungeon World. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm very familiar with Perilous Wilds. Awesome. It's just such a good random table for coming up with just about anything so it is um, it is one other one i'm going to point you at just for like adventure generation are you familiar with stars without number i'm familiar with it i have not read any of their books okay the cool thing about them is it'll give you it's like maybe you travel to a water planet okay so it's here's a water planet it's mostly fluid they've got to deal with this and then it says friend you know, the local marine biologist, the merchant who's trying to get this, you know, beneficial beneficial water medicine to the other planets, you know. So there's a list of four or five, like, friend types. Doesn't give any stats on them. You, you flesh that out. Enemies, you know, the local whatever, the trade, the trade hegemony in the area who does this and that. So it's friends, enemies, locations, and complications. Okay, so every one of these location types, and I think there's a fantasy version now called like Lands Without Number, or it's not, it's not. I know they have a couple. Yeah, yeah, but they they have this whole thing. So here's a setting type. Here's some potential friends, enemies, complications, storylines, MacGuffins. And then they've got this big chart of one to a hundred and you roll on it and it says a friend needs to get the item to the 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 enemy hires the party to stop the friend from getting the item to the location with this complication right or friend and enemy are actually lovers you know and the complication is this in the background is this item or location so basically it's a it's a it's it's almost like a mad libs you know you pick and choose and you plug into okay well this friend and this enemy and this complication and it's they're all extremely 
they're 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 somehow specific and generic at the same time it's a it's a it's a it's like a plot outline and you just plug in the specifics for it but it's fantastic because you can you can you get a hundred options and of course you can come up with a hundred more in a in a in a couple hours but it's a hundred options of this person you know this threat you don't this complication that's going to arise that you don't know about sure to solve this situation in this location and it's just boom and you're done and i'm like wow that's that i'm, I'm going to use that robustly and then it's not always the same you know go get the sword and go you know kill the dragon and save the princess right yeah but i i i love i love that concept so very very much so if you if you get a chance to look at it i i don't know if it's in the free version but the paid version, the PDF is not expensive, and it's it's a resource that you can use. I've got to go and pick up the the fantasy version because between that and the Perilous Wilds, you could you could create endless amounts of people, places, things, you know, plot hooks of, and I I, I really like it. I really like it. The Black Legion's last stand. This site is the remnant of the Legion's temporary camp, surrounded by formidable earthworks formed from rammed earth, now hardened and compacted over time, and the remains of a wooden palisade, rotted yet still imposing. A stone archway, once grand but now in ruins, marks the entrance to the camp. Intricate carvings on the archway depict horrific battle scenes, warriors in the throes of combat, visceral and unyielding. In the center of the camp is an altar, simple yet sinister, made of basalt. It emanates an aura of power and hatred. The area around the altar and the gate is charged with a magical ward that negates healing. Any healing potions sour to colored liquid and clerical spells of healing fail to work. The ground is littered with relics of a once bustling military camp, broken belt buckles, leather straps, and signs of old campfires. The shrine's atmosphere is heavy, with the spirits of the fallen legion, their rage and bloodlust lingering like a miasma. The adventurers can feel the oppressive weight of history, the echo of battles long past, and the insidious influence of the blood god worshipped here. Role-playing opportunities. Sacrificial altar. Players can perform sacrifices at the altar to gain temporary combat bonuses. Uh, bonus damage, etc., at the cost of potentially losing control and going berserk. The more significant the sacrifice, the greater the boon. Ruination and Redemption If the players choose to destroy the altar, it triggers the release of blood demons. Once defeated, the shrine collapses, ending the curse. Alternatively, players can choose to redeem the shrine using acts of love, nature, or harmony. Like healing spells or growth magic, this pacifist approach transforms the site's violent history into one of peace, changing the carvings on the archway to scenes of brotherhood and unity. Local involvement. Local farm kids, unaware of the full extent of their actions, have been using the shrine to gain power by butchering animals. These individuals are not inherently evil, merely misguided. And then the final one is the magical ward against healing. Upon entering the shrine, all healing items and spells become ineffective or the use of them causes pain. That is the Black Legion's last stand. If you'd like the text write-up of it, 
feel free to join the Patreon and you'll get access to all of the shrines and standing stones. Thank you all for listening.